Thank you for tuning in to this message from Kingdom Airs International, headquarters located in Flagstaff, Arizona. I have to apologize to anybody who came up to me as soon as I came in the building. If I seemed frantic, ignored you, or was all over the place, that's because I was ignoring you and I'm frantic and I'm all over the place. <laughs> um, so if you were one of them, that is not the true nature. Stephanie, I know you were one of them. I'm like, that's cool. That's a really cool book. Um, uh, my, my other half will be here soon. He actually had to rush my oldest son, Jalen, to urgent care for some stuff that he's got going on with his feet. So kind of weird, but that is what was going on. So it kind of happened at the last minute and uh, we kind of had to drive separate and we had some things going on that Yahweh had showed me that was going to happen. He must be after some demonstrations. Because basically what he showed me in the middle of the night, I believe it was Monday, if for whatever reason this has been happening in the middle of the night, he's been showing me these ways to demonstrate his heart in such a practical way. I already know what it's going to look like during our family meeting. I have uh, kind of this little play that he showed me that we were going to be able to express some mindsets through this little demonstration. So tonight, uh, there he gave me a very detailed uh vision for tonight um, that caused me to be in my kitchen today uh, making something because we are going to engage in communion tonight. But this is not just uh, regular bread. He was very specific about what I was supposed to put in it, how I was supposed to do it. And basically tonight is going to be giving you almost 20 scriptures of everything that he showed me that is inside this bread. And I know that you guys are like, but it's an encounter night. I am going to teach for a little bit before we engage in that encounter. So uh, what's going to happen is uh, I'm going to release for a little bit, and then we are going to spend some time in that encounter. And what I saw, I'll just start with this now. What I saw Monday night was he gave me the ingredients to this bread, and he spoke scriptures for every single ingredient and what it was and what was inside of this. And what he said we're going to do is we are going to engage tonight with this communion, but we are going to take communion in such a real way that it's going to bring transformation to your DNA. So what's going to happen is, is you're going to engage with everything that got released last week. Yes, there were some mindsets that were up on the board, but what we started with is what are you trading with and which family are you in? And so what he's wanting you to do tonight is he wants you to be very specific in identifying that thought bundle in your brain that is not from him, or maybe you don't know who it came from. And you're going to just spend some time and you're going to ask him about that highway bundle that you've been driving on for a while. And then you're going to ask him to confront that bundle. And you're going to begin the process tonight from jumping from one highway structure to another. But the only way you're going to be able to jump from the highway structure to another is to engage in who he is and take communion as you do it. Amen. Welcome family. <laughs> um, so what this is going to look like is your engagement is going to be pretty active. Um, it may actually be a press because of how active it's going to be, because this is what it's going to look like. You're going to get with him and you're going to ask him about a thought process that you might have been engaging in for a little while. And then you're going to have him uh, help you confront that thought process. And then the way that you're going to get out of that thought process is you are physically going to get up from your place. And the reason why I had everyone wash their hands is because there are no knives, there are no pretty cups, and there's no, there's no 
prettiness to this. They are whole loaves of bread because he was one whole piece and you are gonna come and you are gonna be the one to break him and you are going to eat of him. And then as you do, he's gonna begin to engage with you in such a way where your DNA will transfer from one, uh, from one family to another. Now, when you have that, that communion and you're engaging in that way, there might be another thought that he wants you to confront. You are more than free to get up from your place and grab as much of him as you need to be able to endure the process of transformation. Because that transformation is hard because you have to tear down that bundle system and you have to forego the father you loved dining with and you have to adopt something different. So if you're, for example, if your thought process is, um, I don't belong. And that's what you've always known. And then all of a sudden he gives you a thought that seems so, you're, that's just, I can't even think of an example, but if you believe truly, I don't belong, and then he says that, um, you know, in my family, you are fully uh, accepted. You were fearfully and wonderfully made before uh, the foundation of the world, or I knew you before your mother's womb, right? That thought, when he gives that to you, is going to feel like a nothing thought in comparison to all of the time you've been dwelling on, I don't belong. Now, when you're in church, it's easy to, amen, I am known. Until tomorrow morning when the enemy finds that in you and goes, um, uh, Amber didn't call me. So I guess I don't belong. Okay, because if you know your identity and you are fearfully and wonderfully made and you are fully received in the kingdom, then it doesn't matter if Amber calls you or not. So what happens is, is the enemy will come in and go, come back and live with me. So then, a, so then something will happen. The law of attraction happens. It happens in your life. And then you've got fact after fact after fact. See, God, you were wrong. Here's my life. And you've got this. That is the enemy basically saying, come back to dine with me. And then usually you're spending more time, trust me, I struggle with anxiety. So it's an easy thought pattern to dwell on the no phone call a lot longer than it is to dine on, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Sorry, is that just me? But that is an easier thought to say nobody loves me than it is to say I am fully loved and adored. Trust me, there ain't nobody on earth that fully loves me and adores me, especially when I'm putting up people's hearts on the wall. I didn't get any phone calls checking on me after last Friday. It would be the easiest thing to be like, nobody loves me and then run out of here. Trust me, I do want to go to Australia several times a week. <laughs> it is not the easiest thing to have to be the one that sees the gap, sees the discrepancy, because guess what I'm called to do? All that space, I'm there to say, done with that, done with that, done with that. Can we actually dwell in unity? But then when you dwell in unity and you have to have one vision, one mind, you're like, I do not want to rub shoulders that close to that person. I liked it the way that it was. That's not a very friendly adoration gifting. I wish I was called to be a pastor. I would love to put a Band-Aid and soothe you. I would love to do that. That would be just the most nurturing, fluffy animal I don't know, like own kitty cats and love you and just, you're so cute and put a little band-aid on it and nurse you. I, trust me, I wish I could go back into my destiny and say, why did I say yes to this scroll? 
I really, really, because, but that's not what he called me to do. He called me to get authentic, get transparent, get into, he called me to take out the gaps. And that to me is the opposite of the calling of a Band-Aid. It's getting to the root. It's like, I know that doesn't feel good, but just rip it off and cut the leg off and let's pray for growth. That's me. I'm not like, well, what should we do? Should we just like watch this infection get worse? And I'll hold your hand. I'm like, cut it off and pray for a new leg. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> and, <laughs> you can't walk straight. We got things to do. Let's go. <laughs> so I'm the leg cutter. So that's, that's part of the problem um, with me. <laughs> so as much as I don't like having anyways meetings, if anybody left there like, that sucked. It sucked worse for me. Because <laughs> you're my family. Okay, so as hard as last week was, when we have to talk about trading and what we're exchanging, but I want it to be real because it is real when we wake up in the morning and we exchange more with our thoughts about how hard life is versus how good he is. That's a real thing. That's earth. That's the enemy. That's a frequency, right? What I want this family to be operating in is at such a high frequency that when the enemy comes in with his stats or his um, case, that it's like, let me say it this way. I, I don't do music or tone, but like, let's say the enemy has a frequency of wah, and Yahweh has a frequency of ah, right? If he's operating, if wah comes at me, it would like not, it would just not find me because I'm going like all day long, right? So I have no opportunity for it to find anything in me because my frequency is a frequency of heaven and not earth, right? I want a family that is so authentic and so after him and so passionate that we're actually kingdom vessels, not amazing churchgoers that look cute, but really just are horrible the rest of the time, right? Real transformation, not necessarily talking about transformation, okay? But in order to want real transformation, we have to get at some crazy mindsets. One of the mindsets that came out last week with trading is instant gratification. I will sell out a future generation for instant gratification. Okay? That is the enemy's tactic. Let me have what you have right now, and I'll just take your future. And I don't know how many times, all we have to do is do financial counseling. All we have to do is talk about finances and we will immediately tap into whether or not we're going to expose immediate gratification and band-aid programs versus root level issues or root level legacy minded obstacles. Okay. Or anything, marriage counseling, friendships. I mean, the list goes on and on. Meaning this isn't a sermon where we talk about instant gratification versus future uh, uh, trading. This is real where it gets exposed is in the things that we're talking about. Right? It's not just like, oh yeah, totally, totally, mom. I totally want to be legacy minded and not after instant gratification. Well, that's going to come in the intricacies of our thoughts, the way we operate uh, our, our daily lives, the way we operate in our relationships, the way we operate with our checkbook, it comes out in those things. That's why we're family because it wouldn't get exposed in you if we didn't have family to expose it. Because it's religion that says it's just between me and God. 
Yes, on your own little island, your God or whatever you think your God is saying to you or whichever father that is will keep you in the same place. But when you meet another perspective of Yahweh and someone else, that's when it begins to iron out. Like I said last week, I'm not saying that there's not that aspect that yes, you need to get away and yes, you need to have a personal relationship and yes, you need to lean in and yes, you need to own because then that would be the opposite to say, well, it's all up to my family. They're going to just, I mean, it's both vertical and both lateral. It's not pendulum swing one way or the other because I've met people like, I don't need to have a relationship with God because you know my family will take care of it. No, I'm not. I am not your savior and I'm not going to counsel you through an issue. Go get on your face. Right, but also when you get on your face, I'm gonna be here to help you rub it out. So it's right, it's both. Okay. You guys all right? All right, so last week was a lot because we talked about trading. Did I do one of those things that you guys like? <laughs> they like to imitate me and I'm like, I don't do that and I think I just did it. <laughs> um, um, they're really good imitators. Sally, they have nailed you. <laughs> um, Okay, so last week was difficult in the sense that I had to bring the reality of how we trade. Tonight, I want to bring the reality of how do we get back to his family, okay? So there's an aspect that you, it's not just a salvation prayer. It is a trading moment by moment by moment by moment. You can say, I I have accepted him and be completely raised by another father until all of a sudden you have this encounter 30 years later and you're like, whoa, I didn't even know that's who you were, okay? So this is what I mean. It doesn't, you know... Anyways, so tonight what I want to encourage you with is how do I, because the question that came actually from the next generation, none of the adults called me or talked to me this week, but the next generation did. And I had a ton of questions and the questions were like, Nana, okay, how do I then go back to that family? And I was like, that is a good question. It's going to sound simple. You have to believe his word. Okay. at the foundational level, his word is seed. His word is life. His word is him. You have to believe his word and you have to receive his word. And so, hi, fishy. So, um, I feel like we need more chairs. Are we doing okay on chairs? There's some room behind Amber and Jason. Oh, we got this. All right, so I want to jump right in because I want to make sure that we've got enough time. So basically, through him, you have access to a new record. Okay, this is powerful stuff. This isn't just believe his word and I'll be transformed. This is I get to receive a new DNA line. The record I've been, I'm going to stand over here. So I'm in the enemy's family. I've been engaging. I've been trading. I've been entertaining. I've been having some wrong thoughts about myself, around uh, uh, my family, uh, whatever it may be, okay? So I've been trading. Ultimately, what this comes down to is that I I get to believe his word. And then as you believe his word, he sets the record straight, He basically will give you a new record. I get to then express his nature. So if I'm living over here, I'm going to end up expressing that nature. 
okay? Whatever nature I express is revealing my father always. This is what it means to be in his name. You are not your own. So this whole independent, I got my own thing going on, that whole concept, whatever your nature is releasing out into the atmosphere is always releasing the family you're from. It's always releasing the father you're from. So when I believe his word, then I get a new record and a new DNA to be able to release the nature of my father. One, uh, one thought could be, it's all your fault. You're, it's, it's your fault that this happened. That is expressing the nature of a father who hates him, who hates you, hates the story, right? Versus being able to have the nature of getting rid of that victim mentality and honoring him for, for your destiny. And, and is that making sense? So what is going to happen today during our encounter time is when you grab this communion, it's going to be whatever you need to be whole. What I heard from him is that there is an aspect that when you have this record or this DNA and you take in of him, you get a new record, a new DNA and a new nature. And in order to do that, there's places that are going to get broken down that need to be built up. And he wants to give you whatever you need to be whole. Okay? For example, he's not a God who heals because I have cancer. Okay? Instead of saying, I'm going to eat of him like we do normally with communion, I want you to actually grab a hold of this and you're going to say, this is um, uh, radiation. What cures cancer? Radiation, right? Or let, let, whatever. Does that make sense? If you need radiation to be whole, this is it. Does that make sense? If you are... Um, if you are low on iron, then you're thanking him, you are my iron. Like I want this to be real, that whatever it is, that the thought patterns that keep you in this bloodline, he's setting the record straight and he's giving you a new DNA structure. And in that new DNA structure, you can claim what his DNA structure is and eat of that and it will begin to transform all the way into your cells as you eat of him. Does that make sense? So like in thinking about this, it's like you're able to take it and you're just like, you know, you, you, know, you, you are my bread. You are my life. You are my, you are my everlasting. You are my love. You are my, you are my rest. You are my finances. You are my provision. You are my healer. You are my magnesium. You are my, uh, for me, you are my anxiety medication. You are, uh, you are, uh, you, you are the one that helps me to see generationally. You are legacy-minded. I want the mind of Christ. Whatever it is that's coming to you, as you're eating of that, you're actually taking in the very thing that you need to be whole to walk out from tonight in a new record and a new DNA. Amen? Okay, so we're gonna just, we're just gonna dump, uh, jump into this because he was very specific about what you're eating. 
The reason why I say that you can claim it, whatever it is that you need, meaning when he reveals to you the thought patterns or who you've been dining with needs to be torn down, he's gonna give you what you need in order to combat that in a real way. It's not just get rid of that. He's going to say, here's what your father that you've allowed your, the Hasatan to say to you, but I am the true father and here's what I say about that. And then you're gonna eat what he said. Okay, because in John it says that the word became flesh. This is the word and it's going to become flesh. So whatever it is that he wants to break down and build up that you need to be whole, you're going to eat of that. It's going to transform you from the inside out. Amen? Okay. So he was very specific with me about this bread. Okay? There are specific ingredients, and I'm just going to give you the scriptures, and I knew that we weren't going to have very much time tonight and I wanted to give you guys enough time uh, for this encounter. So I just typed out the actual scriptures versus looking them up. Okay? So I'm just going to read them to you. Um, and we're just going to go from here. So John 6, 48 through 58. I'm going to read and then we're just going to flow. Is that all right? Okay. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the desert, yet they died. Your fathers ate something that was temporal and they died, okay? But he is the bread of life. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat and not die. Do you believe that? I get, okay, come on. But I am temporal, this is flesh, I will actually die. Okay, tomorrow morning when you're, oh man, getting old. No, you jump out of bed, I will not die. I am going to live and I'm going to have everlasting life and I'm going to get younger. And this world is going to watch me be here for a really long time. And I'm going to live in a community where we are healed and we are whole and there is no disease and there is no sickness because that is the truth and that is the reality. Because I live on bread and bread alone, not what my fathers ate that died. Okay? So this is going to stretch some things because if you're thinking, yeah, but... Well, just hop over into the kingdom family and he will show you a different thought pattern that will rid disease, rid age, okay? All right, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. This is bread, this bread is my flesh which I will give for the life of the world. (laughs) It's for something. It's not just for you to live a long time. I don't want to live a long time just to live a long time. I want to live a long time because I'm supposed to take dominion. And I'm supposed to see this earth come back to its original intent. And I'm going to see the garden. Okay? So he did this for the world. Um, Then the uh, Jews began to argue with one another. How can this man give up his flesh to eat? So Yeshua said to them, amen, amen, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourself. He's really trying to get this across these people. It's like the fifth time he said it, okay? He who eats my flesh again and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood again abides in me. It's just that easy. One record in him, okay? Where am I at? 
Just as the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. What did I say? Whatever nature is whatever Father. I want to live because of the Father, not live because of Hasatan, okay? Just as, uh, sorry, each of me who will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread your fathers ate and then died. He says it again, and who eats the bread? If you eat this bread, you'll live forever. He's just really trying to get you guys to get it. If you eat whatever it is that you need to be whole, you will live forever. Here's something that's really crazy. You might take that literal, and it is literal. It also means that he's getting rid of the ultimate destiny scroll that Hasatan has put over your life, which is death. Because if I can get you to understand that there is nothing that can kill you you will dominate the world. If he has nothing on you, if he has nothing, to, nothing, you are not afraid of anything because you are not afraid of death itself, you are going to accomplish some things for his family. So he's trying to say, you will live forever. There is nothing you should fear. No disease, no rejection, no abandonment, no nothing. Because if I can get you to get out of that, I will get you to understand that you will not be afraid of death itself. And then when you live in me and you eat of me, you will live forever. Not powerful? All right, Colossians 1, 11 through 14. This is a perfect scripture, dark to light. Okay, you ready for this? We pray, I'm just gonna say, I pray. I pray that you may be strengthened with all the power that comes from his glorious might for you to have all kinds of patience and steadfastness with joy because we give thanks to the Father who qualified you to share in the inheritance of the priest in the light. He rescued us from the domain of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son whom he loves. In him we have redemption, the release of sins. You are qualified to be redeemed from the domain of darkness. You ever wake up or in the middle of the night just feel like there's just this domain of darkness, especially now? There's just this hypocrisy and great people have lost their minds. I, if I can just be so bold, it's almost like COVID has given everyone a free pass to be an ass. I don't know what is going on with this. It's like mask or no mask, stop being a jerk. Whether I wear one or not does not give you a pass to treat me like a piece of crap all of a sudden. It's, it's craziness. Absolutely craziness, right? So this domain of dark, he's qualified you to relieve this domain of darkness and to be able to live in a world with his son in whom he loves. Amen? Sorry, I said a word. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> okay. So that is the basis for your communion tonight. You are going to be transformed from darkness to light as you eat of him. You are going to abide in the family with the son whom he loves. You are fully loved. Okay. I don't know if I want to get into that, but just really quickly, the opposite of hate is not love. Okay. I say that right? The opposite of love is not hate, I should say. The opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is fear. The opposite of love is death. He is love and he is death. 
The opposite of love is death. And people think the opposite of love is hate. And it's not. The opposite of love is death. And so if you are not operating in death, you are full of his light and full of his love. And his love does power. It is the best antidote, the best medicine, the best bread, the best. Love will supersede everything. If it can supersede death, it can supersede, I don't care what you put in front of me. I don't care how bad, I don't care how nasty, I don't care how gross, I don't care how horrible, I don't care about your background, I don't care about your, I don't care. It does not matter. Love conquers all because it conquers death and death is the worst. Death is you're out, right? So it doesn't matter what you present. Death is the worst and love conquers death, which means love conquers your sin. Love conquers your mind. Love conquers your Addiction, love conquers your past. Love conquers your future, love. Amen? Okay. All right, so the ingredients to this bread, there's whole wheat in it, okay? He showed me that his body is whole. It's fresh, it's ground, no bleach, no additives. Okay, this is gonna get intense because he gave me a couple scriptures. Here's the scripture. This one I'm actually gonna look up because it was too much for me to copy. Um, Matthew 13. All right. Matthew 13, 24. This is where it's gonna get intense. This is what I want you to understand about the wheat that you're about to ingest, Okay. Something is going to happen when you begin to ingest this wheat because I want you guys to understand something that you've all been lied to about. Not in this family. You've heard it before, but I'm going to say it again. The wheat grows up with the weeds. The weeds have to be there because the weeds, if they get reaped too soon, you would get taken out too. Okay? So just like you need to mature in his family, this family needs to mature. Okay, so if this family needs to mature, this family needs to mature because until this family matures, he can't take them out. Okay, but while this family is maturing, you need to stay on point to make sure you're maturing in the right blood or else you're going to get taken out. Okay, so I want you guys to understand about this wheat because I want this wheat to be ingested because it's gonna give you the strength. I am the wheat and not the weeds. And I have the strength to be able to grow up with the weeds because when they come to full maturity, he will have his way. Okay? Okay, so I'm gonna read this. He presented to them another parable saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while the men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. Interesting, a little coward. Now when the stalk sprouted and produced grain, then the weeds also appeared. So the slaves of the landowner came and said to him, Master, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Isn't that the original sin? Master, isn't there some good seed around here? <laughs> then where did the weeds come from? But he replied, an enemy did this. And the slaves say to him, do you want us then to go out and gather them up? Trust me, I'm like one of those people. What do you want me to do with them? Let me have Adam. Let me take them out. I'll take them out right now. And he goes, leave them. Okay, but then he says, no. For while you are gathering up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Right, because what, what did you guys see when Andrew was over here trading and I grabbed Renna and put her over here? She's his. 
You take it too soon, she's going to be taken out like a weed. So there's a maturing process that needs to happen for him to be able to see his full family come to fruition. Okay? All right. But he says, no, for a while you are gathering up the weeds. You may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together. What's happening right now? We're in the world. Let the wheat grow up with them until the harvest. At harvest time, I will tell the reapers, first gather up the weeds and tie them in bundles to burn them up, but gather the wheat into my barn. This is everything that we were talking about when we were demolishing the rapture theology. There's something that's going to be taken and burned and some that are going to be taken into his barn, okay? But in the meantime, you are growing up with both. So as you ingest this wheat, let it strengthen you that you are the wheat amongst the weeds, okay? All right. Another scripture, Revelations 3.21. This is a little, uh, little teaching, but it says, To the one who overcomes, I will grant the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I myself overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. So I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. If you are comparing yourself to other Christians who are already awesome, and you're like, I think I'm doing pretty good and you like kind of got born into some good DNA and you're pretty good, right? And you've eighth time generation pastoral family and then you've got your other Christian friends over here and you're like, wow, we're just all doing really good. All those ugly people over there, they're just like those prostitutes and, but we are just doing really, really good, right? But this prostitute overcomes her bloodline and stops prostituting, but she's still cussing, she's still trading, I, I don't even know how to explain it, but she's out of prostitution. So she goes from here to here. And you've gone from here to here. You are judged by the ability of your overcoming whether or not you sit in his throne. It is how much you overcome that you are judged by, which is why I believe that we've all been lied to in the church world because the church world says, get yourself clean and stay clean. And they just want this family that just looks like this all the time. But he says, go from glory to glory, to glory, to glory, to glory, because it is about your growth because it says to the one who overcomes. To the one who overcomes. Not to the one who's like, mm -hmm, mm, thinking, I've been listening to my father. His voice is amazing, right? And, and does this make sense? To the one who overcomes. So it is, you know, you can't even compare yourself anymore. So if you've got comparison issues, we take the bread. Because you cannot, it's all about your personal overcoming level. It has nothing to do with where you started and, well, it does have to do with where you started and where you ended, but it has to do with the growth of your race, not so much where you are. If you're a perfectionist, <laughs> that's my battle then. I got to take that bread. It's about how much I overcome, not necessarily my, my uh, ability to be able to, to walk. Anyways, you guys understand that. Okay. Make sense? So the wheat... You're an overcomer, okay? The one that overcomes, because, and, and where I'm getting that from is the whole wheat in the weeds. 
Being able to be a wheat in the midst of weeds and grow to maturity is becoming an overcomer. And that is what is going to qualify you to sit on his throne. Amen? All right, the yeast. Now, most of us are going to say, well, that doesn't make any sense because yeast means pride. Okay? And it does. At the same time, there's also an aspect that yeast is a, the definition technically, I have it in one of the scriptures. Small in quantity yet thoroughly pervades a thing by its influence. So yes, your yeast can be pride or it can be something else. It can either be this is gonna expand or this is gonna expand. If you say I'm not multiplying or if you say I'm not expanding, yes, you are. You are no matter what. You are some kind of leavening agent. No matter what, you are a leavening agent. You're either the one in Exodus where he said, Exodus and he says, get it out because you're all puffed up and prideful. Or he also, this is why I love the scriptures because he's a hypocrite. He says, get that lump out of there, get the pride out of there and it expands and all this kind of stuff. But then in another breath, he says, may my kingdom grow. May my kingdom expand. So then it's like, okay, Yahweh, how do I, just, how do I, how do I reconcile this? Oh, I'm a leavening agent. Am I pride or am I kingdom? Because either way, it's going to expand. So there is yeast in this bread. You decide what kind of yeast you want. Okay? I want to read something really powerful. Isaiah 9, 2 through 7. This happens to be in the message. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. For those who lived in a land of deep shadows, light, sunbursts of light, you repopulated the nation. You expanded its joy. Oh, they're so glad in your presence. Festival joy, the joy of great celebration, sharing rich gifts and warm greetings, the abuse of the oppressors and cruelty of the tyrants, all their whips and their clubs and their curses. It's gone, done away with, a deliverance as surprising and sudden as Gideon's old victory over Midian. The boots of all those invading troops, along with their shirts soaked with innocent blood, will be piled in a heap and burned, a fire that will burn for days. For a child has been born for us, the gift of a son for us. He'll take over the running of the world. His names will be amazing, counselor, strong God, eternal father. Listen to this, prince of wholeness. Prince of wholeness. His ruling authority will grow. His ruling authority will continue to grow. It is not diminishing. It is growing. Amen. And there will be no, listen to this, guys. This is the highlight. It's verse six. His ruling authority will grow. This is the yeast I'm talking about. Your ruling authority will grow and there will be no limits to the wholeness that it brings. There will be no limits to the wholeness that you can walk in. He'll rule from the, anyway, we, I, we can stop that. How powerful is that? There will be no, when you eat of this, there will be no limits to your wholeness. That's pretty powerful. All right, 2 Corinthians 3, 18, again, the yeast, grow from glory to glory, but we all with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord who is the Spirit. 
that we with unveiled faces would be mere images, that we would constantly grow from glory to glory to glory until I am a mere image of my Father, till I release the full nature of who He is, till my blood is releasing and multiplying the full nature of my entire family in the kingdom. Okay, it's an ever-expanding glory, amen? All right, Luke 13, 20 through 21. Again, he said, to what shall I compare the kingdom of God? It is like yeast. Small in quantity, yet thoroughly pervades a thing by its influence, which a woman took and hid in three measures of flour until it was all leavened, until it was all permeating. So this is a representation of what he expects his kingdom to be. There was a time today when this was flat when this dough was spinning and there really wasn't a whole lot to it and I actually had to roll it out into something completely flat and all of a sudden it just begins to grow because that little bit, that tablespoon of yeast began to permeate five loaves of bread and it transformed the whole thing. When you eat this, can you separate the yeast from this? You couldn't pick apart the yeast. It just transformed the whole loaf. That means your little bit of yeast will begin to transform a whole nation and you will not be able to be picked out of it. You should be unrecognizable because you have fully transformed. This is what gets rid of the church thing. Oh, me, myself, and I. No, you cannot be found. You cannot be seen because the only thing that will be seen will be his light. And there will be only light and no darkness. It's not, amen? All right. All right, there's water in this. Uh, Living water, Jeremiah describes Adonai as a fountain of living water and a spring of living water. John 7, 37 through 38. On the last and greatest day of the feast. You guys know what that means now. Amen. (laughs) On the last and greatest day of the feast, Yeshua stood up and cried out loudly, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. That means that the spring Jeremiah said he is, you have access to. So if you are thirsty and you drink of him and you bring him in, you become the the fountain, you become the spring for those who are thirsty. Who is thirsty in the scriptures? The ones that were dining the ones that were like, who am I? I don't understand my identity. How do you know that I'm a prostitute? What, what is going, how, how do you, how do you give? drink of me and you will be healed. That is not just for him to dispense, but for you to dispense. So you have to drink of his living water so that your innermost being can flow like his fountain out to others because those are, they're thirsty. Okay. All right. So you're inhaling the water. Inhaling, however you take communion, I don't know what's gonna happen. (laughs) All right, honey, we've done tons of stuff on honey. I'm not gonna spend too much in it, but there's honey in this. Listen to this, a beautiful Proverbs 24, 13 through 14. If I'm going through these too fast and you can't write them out, I can email you guys all these notes, okay? Proverbs 24, 13 through 14. You guys remember the trick when you're taking notes? Write the number first. You'll always remember that I said Proverbs. Okay. Eat honey, my son, for it is good. 
And honeycomb is sweet to your taste. Listen to this. Likewise, know that wisdom is sweet to your soul. If you find it, there will be a future. Like you desire honey, if you can engage, if you're like, man, I want the higher things. I want to meet wisdom. It is a person. It is a being. I want to meet wisdom. Wisdom. Take her in. I want wisdom. Sweet like honeycomb, just like wisdom is sweet to, my soul needs wisdom right now. Right? Amen. So, uh, there, and then if you find it, if you find her, you have a future. So then what are you afraid of? You can't be afraid of your future if wisdom's telling you about your future. Okay? And your hope will not be cut off. You need some hope? Wisdom. Sweetness. I have a future. I have hope. Amen? All right. Oil. There's oil in this. Unity in the family, Psalms 133.2. It is like the precious oil upon the head coming down upon the beard of Aaron's, uh, upon the beard, Aaron's beard, coming down on the collar of his robes. Now remember, Psalm 133 is sandwiched between this beautiful scripture of Aaron's beard running with oil. What this is, is a father figure grabbing his sons and daughters and bringing him in so close because he's not afraid of intimacy that the oil from his well-manicured beard would begin to drip over his sons and daughters' heads. Okay? Before that beautiful scripture is how beautiful is it that my sons and daughters would dwell in true unity. Right? We, we've said the scripture, we need unity. Blah. Sons and daughters under a beard, under a bosom is where he says that true unity is, happens. Then you are dripping with oil. And when you have the anointing oil dripping on you, what's the next part of the scripture? Commanded blessings flow from that place. Not you're going to be blessed. Commanded blessings. A commanded blessing from the Father is yours. Amen? So when you're eating of this oil, you need, I need, I need a blessing that is commanded by my Father. Right in front of my enemy. Let me dine in front of my enemy where my Father says, you, daughter, get a commanded blessing right in front of that guy. Not that guy. I mean like Hasatan guy, not a guy. Right? <laughs> but I mean, hey, that too. But you know what I mean? Like, I, I need some commanded blessings. And then he might take now, here's the thing. He might be like, well, you want that commanded blessing. Like, let's rewind to the beginning of the scripture. Let's talk about unity. Are you under the beard? Are you dwelling under? Are you getting close enough for my oil to drip, right? He's going to begin to get at some things. When you begin to say, I want that commanded blessing, he's going to be like, well, let me take you to how to get it. Okay, he's not just going to give it. He's going to teach you how to eat. Okay? All right. Cinnamon. He told me to put cinnamon in this bread. Cinnamon's expensive. It's elegant, unique, adored. It's finest spices, fragrant. Okay, this is going to get awkward, kids. But he took me to Song of Solomon. Chapters 4 and 5, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to talk about this, okay? It has everything to do with intimacy, if you're struggling with intimacy or closeness, dwell on that cinnamon. Because it says in Song of Solomon, chapters 4 and 5, it describes your lover's cheeks to be a bed of spice. Are you close enough to be able to smell his fragrant face? Because his cheeks 
are a bed of spice, okay? Now listen, when you get that close to him, the next chapter says, let the north wind blow, let the south wind blow over my garden that my spices may flow out. So how do I get that spice in me to be a fragrance that's going to be blown on? By being close to his cheek. So there's something in this cinnamon that I believe is going to be activated if you are needing intimacy or a closeness that when he blows over your garden, that there would be a flow of spice that comes from his face. Amen? Okay. Um, another scripture that I had with the cinnamon is Exodus 30, 22 through 29. Basically, I'm just going to kind of go through this and highlight some things. Moreover, Adonai spoke to Moses saying, now take for yourself the best spices. Cinnamon's a part of that. Skip down to verse 25. You are to make a holy anointing oil from it, a fragrant mixture blended as the work of a perfumer. It will be holy anointing. So you're going to take spice. You're going to become a perfumer and you're going to mix it up and you're going to make anointing oil. Okay, this is what's happening in the spirit. You are to anoint everything. The next scripture says the tent, the utensils, the altar, the menorah. I mean, he tells him to just basically, you're gonna take this stuff and you're gonna drench it everywhere. Okay, so you're gonna, you're gonna grab a hold of the spice. You are gonna become the per perfumer. You are the ultimate mixer. You are gonna become that anointing oil and then you're gonna dispense yourself and anoint everything. Why? Because the last scripture says you are to consecrate them. Sorry, after you anoint everything, then you dedicate it. So after you become the perfumer, you dispense your oil over everything. I mean like everything, like e everything, okay? You put your oil over everything, then you consecrate it. You dedicate it. I dedicate this phone. I dedicate this technology. I dedicate these grandbabies. I dedicate my water bottle. I I, you consecrate everything that you've anointed, okay? Why? Because, listen to this. Whatever touches them will become holy. You better watch out. That phone just got all my stuff all over it. I'm serious. You guys got TVs in your house? You better watch the next generation. You get your stuff all over those electronics. You put your, you put your mama bear, daddy bear, you put your, you get, you get that, you get that cinnamon, you mix it up and you just, you, because whatever touches this is going to be holy because there is no room for anything that comes out of this family to come near my family. And that is a tool. That thing right there is a tool. The internet is bad. Really bad. I mean, there is like Satan all in that thing. And I want whatever's in that thing to be holy. Right? The chairs, whatever, whatever. Amber, it's holy. Right? But do we walk in our homes like that? Do we doorpost? Right? Anybody who comes to that doorpost is going to get slain in the spirit. It's full of holiness, right? So this is, this is what you're going to do when you're engaging in that cinnamon. All right. Okay. There's raisins in the blood. I mean, there's raisins in, I mean, no! <laughs> there's raisins in this bread. And this is what he told me. It's really weird. He said, my congealed blood is in that bread. What is the, what is the definition of congeal? It's when something becomes solid. 
He said, my blood has become solid. So, and the, ra the raisins is that manifestation of where the wine comes from. And so he was telling me that my blood has become solid. And when you eat of this, blood is everything. It's always about the blood. That's why enemy's after your blood. That's why he's after your blood. He's after your DNA. He's after your lineage. He's after your line. He's after who you are. He's after your DNA, mRNA. He's after your DNA cells. He's after your mitochondria. He's after your, he's after everything. There are things that I am fighting that I believe my family will not have to deal with. Really quick testimony. Can I tell you really quick? Okay. I got my blood work done. I get my blood work every single year because I love to have the name to the things that I, I want to know. I want its name. Okay. In my bloodline, my family deals with cholesterol to the point where they can be super healthy. They can work out, eat healthy, and they have skyrocket cholesterol and they have to take medication. Um, so far, up to this point, I'm 39 years old, I have reversed every single family curse in my family. Everything from obesity to diabetes to cholesterol. And I have lowered my cholesterol 14 points from last year. And te technically, that's like impossible. You don't really ever go down. You just kind of always slowly go up. And I wasn't ever abnormal, but I was on the high normal. And they kept saying, oh, you know, another 10 points isn't a big deal. But in my head, I'm like, but if every year I go up a little 10 points, I'm going to eventually be abnormal, and that's not okay for me. And this year, uh, I went down 14 points. There is strategy for what he tells me to do because I lean into him and I say, what is it about my bloodline? Daughter, I have a strategy. And he gives me the strategy and then I dine on him and it reverses my DNA. It's actually reversing my DNA because the doctor said genetically it's just, it's just there. And I'm like, no. It's not my bloodline anymore. I don't come from that anymore. This is my new DNA to the point now where my kids won't ever have that. That's not even in their history. Amen? So, all right. So his congealed blood, liquid becomes, when, when the liquid becomes thick or solid, it's called congealed. And so he told me to put raisins in it because instead of having wine with this communion, you're going to actually eat the solidification of his blood into your body. Okay. A new record is set in his blood, and it is not for sale or trade. John 14, 30, 31, the ruler of this world has nothing common with me. Right? That's what the whole, that's what the, all of this is. As you engage in this, you're getting to the point where the ruler of this world has nothing common in me. This is powerful. The ruler of this world has nothing in common inside of me because I have a completely different DNA line. Yeshua, we all know, was born miracle, right? It says the one and only begotten son. Do you know that that's not actually technically the word? It means, a whole, it's a whole different word and I can't, I'm not gonna get into it tonight, but it means his unique never seen before son. That's the bloodline you come from. Not his only begotten son, but his unique, never seen before son. He, he, he saved a bloodline that was straight from heaven, never for trade, never for sale, never while he was on earth did he trade or give away his blood. And he says, you are a joint heir. You are a co-heir in that family. You have access to that bloodline. To the point that when you overcome what in order to understand that, because, you know, obviously Hasatan has had his way from birth because he is the ruler of this world, okay? 
He's trying to get you out of that inheritance. So your overcoming is coming back to the original intent that that is your DNA line. But it's also that easy. Oh, it's my DNA line. That's my dad. That's my family. He's such a liar. I can't believe it. Oh my goodness, you know, it's like, it seems like it's so hard, but yet, no, it's not. Right? So, so now you're getting to back to the original intent where the ruler of this world has nothing. I have, no, I have nothing in common with you. I know you might have raised me in that arena, but that, you have nothing in common with me. There is nothing that you have in common with me. This is my family, and I have everything in common with this DNA. Okay? All right. Verse 30. I will, I will not talk with you much longer, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has nothing on me, but in order that the world may know that I love the Father, I do exactly as the Father commanded me. Get up and let's go from here. Isn't that powerful? Get up, let's go from here. Because he's basically saying that in order for the world to know who I am, I have to do exactly as my Father says. So, which means you have to express the nature of your father for the world to know. So get up and let's go from here. So tonight, as we engage, if you can put that music off in the background. So we've got 730, 8, 15, 820. Uh, you're just going to get comfortable in whatever the, it is that you need to be able to engage with him, to embrace the fullness of what you need to be whole to understand the original tent, intent about coming out of what you are in common with and what you need to be in common with, okay? What this is gonna look like, like I said, is I'm just gonna open this up. These are whole loaves and you're just gonna come and you're just gonna rip a piece, okay? And you're gonna take it back to your seat or do it here or wherever, whatever this looks like for you. And you're gonna ingest it. And you can come up as many times as you, if you've got 18 thought patterns that you need to break, then come and take him 18 times. Amen? Okay. Now, I, I, I do have to just say one thing that's a little interesting. I don't know if I just put too much congealed blood in there. If there was too many raisins, part of it didn't raise, but the top did, so there's like a hole. And it was really cool because I actually cut the top of it. So you're going to see one have a hole. But he is so good. He totally spoke to me about this. Look at, look at how weird that is. Look at that. He told me, I have a hole in my heart. Because you have to fill it. There's this space here because that's the space for my family that I'm waiting for to fill up fully. How powerful is that? even in my mistake where I'd be like, I'm not going to bring that. He was like, bring it, show it. I don't know what, I don't, he's going to speak to you about whatever it is. I don't know what's going to happen when you break. I don't, there might be many holes, but he will reveal all things. Amen.
begin the process of us transitioning. And uh, I also just, I wanna make sure that you guys know that it's such a powerful time to be able to be corporately, to be able to hear the cries, the laughter, the different engagements, see different people respond. It just does something with the frequency, you know, versus doing it alone. But at the same time, there's always a table that's prepared for you to do this all the time, anytime, all day, every day. And what he was showing me as I was as I was looking up here, you know, what what was presented to the best of my ability was something that was whole and beautiful. But he's okay with looking right. He's okay with looking completely dismangled and disfigured and broken. And I just wanna I wanna read this over you. First Corinthians eleven twenty-four. The Master Yeshua on the night of his betrayal. On the night of his betrayal. It's in the moments of betrayal. It's in those moments of your betrayal that you can say, I offer up my life because that's when the pressure comes, everything begins to heat up. But what's actually happening is he's beginning the process of heating up your DNA to be moldable. And in those moments, on the night of your betrayal, it's in those moments that he can set the record straight so that when it congeals into that light moving forward, it's a new it's in a new position. That makes it's like when you're gold or chocolate and you melt it down. You melt it down because it's when it resets. So it's when you're in that midst of betrayal. On the night he was betrayed, having given thanks, he took the bread, he gave thanks. He, on the night of his betrayal, he gave thanks and he took the bread and he broke it and said, This is for you. He's okay to be remained broken so that you may have access to being completely whole so that we understand what that inheritance is so that when he comes, we are ruling and reigning together in that wholeness. Like I said, he has a hole in his heart because he wants you to overcome because he does not want to be alone. He wants you on the throne. If he wanted to be on the throne alone, he would not be waiting for you to overcome to sit on the throne. Amen. So Jacob and Gabby, you guys can come up, uh, come up here. But I just wanted to leave you guys with that picture that this is accessible to you all the time, that he is willing to be remain broken for you to pick him apart, tear him apart, and eat him and ingest him so that you can become him because it's you that is going to go and dispense that living water out to the world. Thank you for listening to this message from Kingdom Heirs International. If you have received insight and revelation with this message, we invite you to claim that revelation by trading on the trading floor with this ministry. You can do that at kingdomheirsflag.org. Thank you.